Hello, welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana. I am your host, Adam Healy. I have my co-host here, Angel Villanueva, with up? us, guys. So we are here to do a deep dive into Grizzly Athletics. We are glad you're listening to us. You can find us on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook page at Fight on Montana. We would love to hear from you. Click that subscribe button on our YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Also, mm-hmm. you want we want to hear from you. So rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you yep. hit those awesome stars. We love those five stars. So yep. uh, we are going to get... We are going to get into uh, QBs and running back today. Mm-hmm. Kind of doing a spring preview before. Oh man, Angel, we have football next week, Saturday. Man. Next That's Saturday, buddy. About the gear. That's right. Gear. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Next Saturday, we're going to have our first game against Central Washington. I can't wait. I can't imagine what those players are going through with mm-hmm. you know eighteen months off. Uh, they've got to be jacked. Has it been eighteen months? Believe it's been 18 months. Last game was December. Was the playoff game? It was, huh? Yeah, a week so, after December 7th. My birthday is the seventh, so I okay. think it's the 14th that we played uh, Weber State. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's been 18 months, man, that I've been removed from football. That I haven't <laughs> even thought about it in numbers wise, you know. Yeah. I would say about a year, but 18 months. It's like you know, you know how when you have a newborn baby. And they'll be yep. like two years old or a little bit over two. They'll be like they're twenty six months. Like yeah, I mean two months. You know, two years. You mean? So <laughs> I think it's it's kind of like one of those things. You didn't put it into perspective until you just mentioned like that. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and I always always get confused because like it doesn't make sense to me. Like why don't you just say two years? But yeah, that's a that's a conversation I've had with my wife. It's like yeah, when when do you go from like months of to talking you, about a baby to you know? years? Like, dude, I think after one year. Just yeah, you I have to, right? Year. Yeah, but people yeah. people take the to the extreme, you know, 46 <laughs> months. Yeah, I can't keep that high. I can't divide by 12 that high. <laughs> no, take it yeah. down just a notch. Just a notch, just a yeah. notch. Exactly. Well, hey, let's hop into uh doing some QB action. So yeah, break let's break down who do we have as QB. So the front runner right now, uh Cam Humphrey. You know, he's he's got that experience, those three starts mm-hmm. from la- not, not last year, in 2019. Yeah, um, right. So he'll be a senior this year. Uh, we have Kirk Rigal from the transfer from South Florida. Mm-hmm. He'll be a redshirt junior. Uh, going into Robbie Patterson, he's a redshirt sophomore out of Saddleback uh, Saddle, Saddle Community mm-hmm. College. Uh, coming off an injury. Shouldn't be a problem because, you know, he's had, you know, 18 months to rehab it. So um, shouldn't be a problem there. You have Chris Brown, a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. He's uh, also the biggest quarterback we have. I believe he's coming at a 6'4 or 6'5 from Bozeman. Solid. Yeah. Uh, Carson Ross at his freshman. Uh, he was the Gatorade player of the year for Montana. Uh, also, his cousin, I believe, is Jordan Tripp, uh, former Grizz. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, great and guy. then. And then coming in next after this summer is Daniel Britt, uh, the quarterback out of um, Las Vegas. Um, he's got uh, invites to play in the – I think that's the blue and silver game or some mm-hmm. some some game like that, but highly regarded uh, quarterback out of Nevada. So Sweet, sweet, yeah. But, yeah, just we going – what's that? We have some depth. Thinking about it, I think during my college, collegiate career, even before – 
I guess before the Hauk era, you know, I was looking at four deep quarterback, you yep. know, now we're talking six, seven. So yeah. it just goes kind of back to that point that how really likes depth. And I think yeah. he takes that in consideration for every position, you know, because yeah. a lot of you guys are, are like you said, I think Chris Brown is the prototype, you know, kind of size, kind of yeah. build when you think about what you want out of, out of a quarterback, you know, being six, four, being able to see your off, offensive line. That's a huge part as compared to somebody that's like maybe, you know, five eleven, five ten, yeah. you know, and so I think that plays a huge role into it. So man, we we got some, we got some depth on there. I'm rich, interested to see. I think this year, I think Cam is gonna you know run the helm. He's mm-hmm. gonna take it full swing and give it everything he's got. But I'm interested to see kind of down the road where they kind of decide to go. You know, because yeah. it's it's one of those positions. Like I'm fortunate enough, offensive line you can play five guys at a time. You know, at quarterback it's really only one guy. You know. There's yeah. no replace this, you know, it's it yeah, you have a two, but for one reason or other, that two is in the development processes. Mm-hmm. You know, whether developing experience, it's a huge mental game, it's a different mental game, a mental game that I probably don't even understand as an <laughs> offensive line. You know, I get majority realms, packages, kind of concepts, but they have to know everything, you know, yeah. to yeah. a T, you know, and that timing goes down, those relationships goes down. So it's a lot of pressure at the quarterback position in general. So I'm kind of interested to see where they take it. I like to think after this year, after Cam graduates, that they'll give Chris an opportunity. Um, and that's probably being a little biased because I know Chris on a personal, you know, kind of level. He's an awesome, yeah. awesome kid. And so I'm really excited to see kind of where he takes it, you know. But who knows with these transfers? Who knows what these guys have brought in, you know? Yeah. Well, and one thing, you know, going into a spring or summer development, how, how important – Angel, do you think that is, especially for a quarterback right now, you know, you're getting reps right now. You're getting very important time. Now, it might not be first team reps, but you're getting the reps. You're getting that time, you know, in the season, you're probably not going to be getting those reps. You're probably yeah. not going to be able to say, hey, coaches, this is this is me. This is what you're going to get from me. You're not going to get those. You're going to be having to know the playbook and be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that spring and summer, how important is that for development? Oh, it's huge, man. It's huge for every position, but especially at the quarterback level, you know, just thinking about kind of reflecting on my career. I know guys that were every every single day, damn near every single day out there on a field with a bunch of receivers, yeah. you know, calling, texting, checking in on their offensive line guys, talking to the coaches, you know, visiting with the coaches, spending extra hours. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily see. Um you know, kind of being promoted and marketed on a day-to-day basis, you know, you really just see the highlights of the actual game, you know, but a lot of people don't see the time and the effort that people take, and especially at the quarterback position, because if you decide to commit yourself to a role to being a good quarterback, that is a huge, huge sacrifice, you know, just yeah. on social life and everything in between, you know, on top of being a student athlete, you know, so um, yeah, it's pretty incredible, man. It's pretty incredible to see. So, like I said, man, I guess because we're going to see how uh, how it pans out, but it's extremely important to take those off seasons, probably even more, more, more seriously than you do actually in season, if that kind of makes it. Not to downplay that the season isn't important, but that growth, that push really happens during the off season. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, and it'll be really interesting to see, you know, uh, just with getting enough reps, um, how how are they going to, you know, are they going to keep it at six? Are they going to keep it at five? Are they going to trim it down? Um, mm-hmm. because you're looking at right now, you know, Daniel Britt's not going to be there until the summer, but you're still, you're at five guys. You're at five guys. 
Um, you've got, you know, Cam, the, the one with the experience, um, but you've got a lot of guys that don't really have any experience. Um, Kirk Rigal, I believe this is his fourth school and I believe about four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, Robbie Patterson, I really think they're probably, I think it would be interesting to see. I think this year they might use him in different packages, um, just because he is able to run. Mm -hmm. Um, he's more shifty. He kind of reminds me of Jordy Johnson. Um, he's got that five eleven quick, um, kind of athlete kind of role where he, mm -hmm. he can run and pass. So it would be really interesting to see if I, I totally think they're going to go with cam cause he's got mm -hmm. the experience and experience with the program, but it'll be really experience. really cool to see if, if they do some packages kind of like, Oh, I don't know what year it was, but, um, the Florida team where they do, oh. they did the, Double quarterback. I think mm -hmm. Tim Tebow was like that was like his first year, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of dynamic that they put in there, or maybe they don't, and they say, "Hey, we're just going to develop these guys." Yeah. Um, but I've heard, you know, Chris Brown is 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 a guy that's got all the throws. He's big, uh, athletic. It'll be really interesting to see what happens because you've got four guys after yep. this summer that yep. are sophomore freshmen. Yeah, exactly. Um, room so, for opportunity, room for, for growth right there. And I think that's the craziest part. Um, it's really kind of – I, I kind of think how you mentioned it the second time. I think what they're going to do is they're going to give Cam the opportunity to play these next two games. You know, I think mm -hmm. they're going to let him kind of run wild first couple quarters. But I do think they understand the importance is – I mean, every game is absolutely important, but the importance is really making it to next fall healthy, you know, ready – mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually in that place to say, hey, I'm ready to play some ball. And yeah. so what I think what's going to happen is I think they're going to give him a taste of the ball. I think they're going to give him an opportunity to make a couple throws, you know, during some real live, you know, competition. I do believe that they are going to pull him and that they're going to be able or they're going to give the opportunity to some of the young guys just to showcase what they can really do against some competition because – I'd like to think that playing against, you know, being a scout team, playing against those scout guys on a daily basis provides a great challenge because they try to gravitate towards, you know, and imitate a lot of that, that, you know, the way that the competition is supposed to play, you know, that's what they're there for. But at the same time, it's a hundred percent a different ball game when you step up, step up, a step on the line against somebody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm interested to see, but I'm, I think that'll be the smarter way that they kind of approach things, you know, kind of give Cam just some, get, you know, get his toes wet, dip his toes in the water, and then transition to letting some of the other guys make some throws and see what they can really do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So this is kind of like I, I would love to hear from, um, you know, the listeners on this. Uh, who do you – what would you rather have? Would you like to, you know, throw a QB in there that's a freshman and and have that guy for four years? Mm -hmm. Or would you like a guy, maybe senior or junior, that you know you have that's a little bit more experienced, um, but he's not going to be there as long? Mm -hmm. It'd be kind of interesting to see what the preference is. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. I think whoever is in there that gives us the best chance to win um, is the guy that they should put in there, mm -hmm. um, no matter if it's senior, junior, sophomore, or freshman. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm I don't I don't I don't have a particular. Um, Qual, crawl crawl with whatever the word is with throwing a freshman in there yeah, yeah. um if, if he's the best quarterback and he's going to give you the best uh chance to win mm -hmm. throw him in there 
Mm -hmm. And I think you made a great, great point. You know, whoever really is given that opportunity and privilege to run, you know, that QB1 position, mm -hmm. I think it's super important for, for guys to understand their roles. And I think Cam was that model citizen in that regard, you know, yeah. coming in, you know, from transferring from Boise and having the opportunity to play here and, and then kind of losing that spot to Dalton Sneed, it gave him one, an opportunity to understand, okay, there's a lot of growth that I may need to do that the coaches need me to kind of focus on right now. Mm -hmm. But my biggest responsibility is to be the best number two guy that I can possibly be to Dalton. And I think he played that role beautifully. I, he, yeah. he never complained, put his head down, came to work. If anybody knows Cam, Cam has such a contagious, just weirdly, freakishly nice attitude and like kind of perspective towards life. So you know, he's really kind of relaxed in those situations. He's like, hey, man, it is what it is. I just want to be a part of the team. I just want to help out wherever I can. And that's the type of guy that you want. And as your number yeah. two, now that it's finally at that point, OK, you know, opportunity when it meets preparation, you know, this is this is this is where it's at, you know. This is where it's going to really kind of unfold. And so I'm excited to see how it plays out for him simply because he's been the best number two that I could possibly imagine, even through all the other quarterbacks that I've had the privilege of kind of watching come through. Because in my in, at my time here, I went through – see, I started off with Brady Gustafson, uh, transitioned to Reese Phillips. Um, then from there, played with Gresh uh, Jensen before he ended up transferring to uh, – I think he went to Texas State for a little bit. Um, and then finished off the career with Dalton Sneed, you know. So I've had four quarterbacks – in the four years that I was there. So I had an opportunity to see different styles of play, different styles of, of person, you know? Yeah, and definitely. even then I still think Cam was, is, it was the best number two, you know, just kind of in terms of, Hey, I want to learn. I want to listen. I'm going to take the coaching and I'm going to get better from it. You know? And well, he said, you, you he look at that like too. Sorry, said, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I was going to say, he's just such a warrior, man. I'm excited for him. And you know, if he's listening to this man, shout out Cam, man. That, that's right. So mm -hmm. but you, you kind of go into like how good of a person he is, but that's what you'd want your number one is, as as mm -hmm. too, because, you know, with what we have going into this, you use that person as a developer too yeah. to, to mentor these young guys on um, mm -hmm. to, to make them starters for who knows when. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see because, you know, the coach Houck loves competition you know, mm -hmm. sh iron sharpens iron. Um, and so it's really interesting. You know, he brings these guys in to sharpen the the number one guy up. It, and it'll be interesting next year, recruiting wise, if they get, go and get another quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one right there. Who yeah. knows? You know, it may be to a certain point where they like the talent that they have in the depth chart and, you know, maybe bringing a guy in, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't yep. make sense. And that's, that's kind of one of the business side of things. Sometimes you, you, you know, as much as you want to help out another player, give an opportunity to play here, sometimes those spots are just simply filled. You know, yeah. there's just no place and money in the agenda to bring somebody else, regardless of, you know, how much you want to do it. So I guess you can have that conversation. Why it is such a tough job to just be a coach in the first place. Having to call a kid and say, hey, I can't have you no more. Or, hey, we don't want you here no more. Yeah. You know, I can imagine, you know, that's heartbreaking on the player side. Actually, kind of fun story. Um, when I was getting recruited in high school, 
um, kind of towards the end because I was a really, really late bloomer. I came from a place that it was really hard to find those contacts. So I kind of took it upon myself and the coaches did everything they could to kind of help me out wherever they could. But I had to take it upon myself to, you know, go to Oregon State camps and go to UCLA camps and just try to put myself in front of coaches in order to pro hopefully provide an uh, opportunity to play at the next level. And I remember Oregon had reached out to me. And I was like, I was infatuated with Oregon. Man, <laughs> this is, man if I get an opportunity to play here, that'd be the best thing ever. This and that, you know, like I said, I was just late on the recruiting board. So maybe I thought maybe I'll bloom into maybe, uh, you know, get a couple of Pac-12 offers just because I was having a couple of conversations. And I remember that um, they were like, yeah, yeah, come try out, come out here for a camp, this and that. There's a great opportunity. We're looking for a guy. We like a lot of, you know, what you're going to have, kind of have, what you can bring to the table. And I said, okay. So I started packing up, started making that thing on the morning of that me and my dad were supposed to drive up to Oregon. They just shot me a quick email and said, the position's been filled. We can't oh. offer you anymore. Good luck. You know, oh my God. As a player, man, I was oh. devastated. You know, I was heartbroken. I screenshotted the email and I hung it up, you know, in my bathroom wall and I hung it up and I always had a picture of it somewhere just to kind of remind myself like, Hey, these guys didn't want to, you know, oh. I guess that just kind of played into the motivation of wanting to really push myself because I like to tell the story all the time because I don't think I'm the most athletic. I no. think I mix with a lot of size. I think there's certain things about me that put me ahead of the curve, but I, I'm really proud of the effort that I put out, you know, because yeah. I know that's one of the biggest things that you can control. So because of that, I was like, OK, I'm never going to let somebody say that they worked harder than me or I didn't didn't try, you know, so that's 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 where like. I hope that some coaches do it a little bit differently. Even if, you know, they fill the position like yeah. right after, like they've got to know who they're going and who they like to do mm. that right when you're going up there. That's shady. That's, that's, yeah. that's not right. That's it, just not it, luckily I hadn't left and it was early in the morning when they reached out to me and they said, Hey, we know you're coming up, but sorry, you know, kind of offered to somebody else. They ended up taking it. Good luck with your kind of whole recruiting process. And I'm like, wow. man, that sucks wow. for me. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, man, I know there's good coaches out there that probably have to, you know, go through this. I'm not talking about the ones that are kind of tougher to deal with, but I'm talking about genuinely good coaches that care for the sport and care for the kids. You know, yeah. for me as a person, that'd be heartbreaking to tell kid after kid, like, oops, sorry, no yeah. scholarship for you. You yeah. know, because so many kids are so dependent on it. You think about football, it really kind of provides oh, yeah. means from a lot of people that really don't come from background, come from money, you know? Yeah. I can't really afford the school. I know I was one of those people. I couldn't afford school. You know, I would have I would have made it because I, you know, I thought that was important to have, you know, to go out and get a degree. But at the same time, it was like, man, I got no money here. You know, yeah. I have nothing saved up. I have no, you know, little college fund that I've been saving for since I was a kid. For a lot of a lot of my life has been pay to paycheck to paycheck. So because yeah. of that, it was kind of like this, this is it for me. So to be able to tell those kids that, man, it just it, it just breaks my heart because sometimes I hear these stories and you know, it's one of the things that they end up getting older and older and that they're, they're probably grateful, you know, more times than not. I'm here that they're grateful that it didn't plan out because, you know, they had a different plan in mind and this opened up new opportunities. But at the same time, it's like I was really hoping for that and it sucked that it didn't yeah. happen. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, that's just rough. So, you know, it's it'd be really interesting uh, to see what, like a QB. Uh, what is important with chemistry wise, you know, chemistry is really important, really important when you're, when you're going from the line to your quarterback, cause it just throws everything off, throws your rhythm off, throws the, the playoff. Is it more important to have a chemistry with your line, your center, 
or your running back and your wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in the process of where you've got to have that chemistry with your center first to yeah. have that, the getting the ball. Yeah. You know, I interviewed um, Cy Sermon and, you know, he told me a story of how uh, him and Dalton Sneed, you know, for like two summers, they worked in the summer at a, on a farm and just, you know, loaded hay and, and, mm -hmm. and develop their friendship, develop their kind of like timing down and just the, yep. I think you have, you have to have that connection. Yeah. To be really great, you have yeah. to have that connection where you're not fumbling over each other, where you're not stepping mm -hmm. on each other's feet and stuff like that. So I, I'm in the mind where you have to have that with your center first and then yeah. you grow grow it out. I have a couple of different trains of thought with that. And I think there's an immense amount of relationship building when it comes to both kind of or all three groups, you know, the running backs and receivers, obviously the tight ends is two, you know, and the offensive line. But I do think you've kind of have a great point in talking about maybe the more important relationships is that offensive line, that center position, just because if you can't get a play started, there's no way in hell that you're going to get a, a ball down the field to your receiver. Exactly. You know, and don't get me wrong, they work on it a ton. Looking back on my time, it was every single day in the summertime, on the weekends, you know, two a days, three a days. Let's go out and throw some balls at the park down the street. You know, let's go out, you know, let's go watch film together. Let's go sit in this together. And it even extends to more than that. Cam does a great job of hanging out with those guys outside of football. Hey, let's not talk about football. Let's throw that out the water. Let's go have a barbecue in the summer. Let's go float in the summer. You know, I think that camaraderie rebuilding is super huge and I think Cam does a great job in just being able to build it with all the people and that's what I'm saying he just has such a positive perspective and attitude that it's a little contagious at times you know yeah. but I think you have a point I think kind of at first I was like well I was kind of going to debate you and be like yeah you know what maybe it's just <laughs> as important because uh, the receiver's got to catch the ball you got to throw at the right time right space yeah. got to know the timing you yeah. know kind of the length you know some of them are longer like Sammy I think he have a he has a 5x glove I have two X hands. Really? So I Holy think so. Crap. So I'm wow. I think I'm two X. I think he's at least three to five. For Holy sure. cow, that's some big hands. So yeah, you, you think about him. He is a big receiver, six four, six five, yeah. lengthy, long, yeah. five five X gloves. You know, that that's a big boy right there, you know. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of thinking about it, it was like that guy's gonna play a whole whole lot different as opposed to you know a smaller guy you yep. know like for example jerry lou mcgee yep you know two different styles of players so it's equally as important but i think if you can't even get get the snap off you know that's a lot of times where it goes wrong just miscommunication you yeah. know knowing if they're under center or behind and there's such a big trust too i remember size summer during the time we were playing he was given you know the opportunity a couple times to, if he saw something to turn around and reiterated to Dalton to say, hey, do you see this? Yep. You know, yep. so that communication is absolutely huge. And then from there, it trickles down the line. You know, once we hear the call from Dalton, when Sai says it, it trickles all the way down to the tight ends. And then from there, he makes the, you know, kind of the hand signals and the receiver should know what they kind of got. Well, and it just kind of going into like a uh, different environment, like, you know, the Grizz played uh, Oregon. Uh, they play Washington, those Pac-12 teams you're going into a loud stadium you're mm -hmm. you know you're gonna have to have some type of communication Dude, with, I still with your washington, line i still think washington grizz is louder to be honest see and, I, and i've heard that too i think it's just so important to be able to have that communication with and that 
that just that chemistry with that person that you're you're going under um just to be able to get a playoff mm-hmm. um interesting story though um uh, a past episode with daniel Britt, the one that's coming uh, quarterback that's coming in this next summer he told me a story of how he was they were doing drills and whatnot and he actually hiked the ball and he was going to hand it off to his running back and you know they're they were too close and he went like this and he hit either like a pad or a shoulder and shattered his face yeah and so you know (laughs) we can we can do this and that and you know talk about that but man football's timing it's all about timing it's all about you know where communication and chemistry, yeah. no matter what spot. Um, I'm still in the belief that, you know, you've got to have that where you to get the ball off, but yeah. it, it trickles down, you know, it yeah. trickles down, yeah. down from there. So and it, I, it's funny that you mentioned that story because there was multiple times during my career. So as an offensive line, there's aiming points that you have on a person. Mm-hmm. Say I get hit the shoulder blade at the inside the shoulder, you know, and then, and then obviously on the face max, we had different aiming points. And one of the aiming points was that shoulder pad. You know, in order to kind of lift up that shoulder pad and drive them, you know, into wherever the the direction you felt like it was, you know. But sometimes during practice, since we wear looser jerseys than in games, um, you know, the shoulder pad would pop under or or, or the actual the actual material would pop over the shoulder pad. So you just had the flappy shoulder pad. And so aiming for that, there was more times than not where I just get cut right here in between the eyes, you know, just because I would hit the shoulder pad, the little blade on it, you know. And so I definitely can relate that timing is the most it's probably one of the most important parts in football, just in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going off of chemistry wise, you know, attitude, you know, your quarterback has to have some type of an attitude. You know, what kind of attitude would you like your quarterback to have? Oh, man, I don't know, dude. That's a tough one. Simply because I've seen so many different successful styles. Yeah. I mean, Brady Gustafson was one point, you know, he was regarded in high light, going to give probably given an opportunity early on in the season. There was a lot of hype behind his name, especially after the NDSU win that 2015 year, which is, yep. was an incredible game. Sometimes I go back and rewatch it just because it's kind of fun to see me on TV. And yeah. So- so ESPN. You know, and then transitioning from there to Reese Phillips, you know, who was a different style of player, who was obviously a smaller guy. Brady Gustafson, if you guys don't know, was about 6'7", you know, 230, just because he was a tall, tall guy, great quarterback. Reese Phillips was, I think, six feet or maybe maybe a cup, maybe an inch or two under. Yes. I think he was yeah. six feet. I think he's six feet or six one. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And then transitioning from there to Gress Jensen, who was a little bit more athletic type, that really liked to throw his body. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at some of his own film, he threw his body into, yeah. you know, into desperately getting to those touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he was kind of built that way as opposed to Reese Phillips would trust the pocket. Brady Gustafson would probably trust the pocket a little more. But Bre- but Gresh was ready to run at a given notice if that meant we were able to pick up, you know, another first down. And you yeah. can kind of compare that same way to Dalton Sneed. He was ready to run when yep. that time kind of came. I think the difference between him and Cam is that I think Cam – is a little bit more, okay, I'm going to try to stay in the pocket as much as I can, you know, because yeah. he's athletic enough to run for sure. But I think his style of play is going to gravitate towards, or at least I'd like it. I'd like it to be. I think he's going to gravitate towards trusting the offensive line a little more. One, because I think that experience is kind of there. I think this is that sweet mm-hmm. spot for the offensive line. So I think that protection is going to be there. So I yeah. think he's going to rely on that a lot and say, hey, guys, hold up for me in the front, and I'll go make the plays and throws that I need to make, you know? Yeah. Well, and definitely, 
he doesn't have to be a Dalton Sneed or oh, no. I don't any, anything like that. He's got yeah. he's got the pieces around him, yeah. it, it, behind him, around him to just be a yeah. great, just just good good quarterback. Yeah. Don't turn the ball over. Just be a good quarterback. Yeah. You know, get the ball out. Don't yeah. turn it over, and it'll be fine. Like yeah. they're the I I don't see that their offense is going to drop off too much from what it was a year and a half ago. Well, I think it's going to be ten. I I think realistically, I think with the offensive line, I'm I'm going to say that they're going to play better this year than we were yeah. two, a year and a half ago. And oh, that's yeah, I definitely, I definitely we were think pretty so. decent playing. You know. Yeah. That we had a lot of good pieces on that front, you know, that their starting five, also the seconds as well, kind of came in whenever they needed to, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with the talent that we had on the outsides with Dalton back there, you know, I think yeah. it was an awesome opportunity. I think they're only going to be that much more better, which is the scary part about it, you know. Yeah. And it kind of really depends how Cam decides to do it because he can go either way, you know, yeah. if he wants to go, you know, let them block, create some holes, get some yards, he can definitely do that. You know, just kind of like how Dalton took advantage of those opportunities was like, Hey, uh, as long as I'm going to get the first down, you know, mm-hmm. but then like you said, you know, Cam has all the, all, he's qualified in, in every way. He has yeah. an arm strength. You know, if he needs to run, he can go make a run, you know, um, for that first down. If he needs to make the place, his timing's right. You know, he's been working hard at it. He's been an awesome number two for such a long time. But this is his time to shine if it's really any. So yeah. I think it's going to be, like you said, with the production that we have with those guys on the outside, you know, Mitch Roberts, Sammy, you know, Malik, you know, getting the rotation oh, I think yeah. a little Definitely. more aggressively this year. I think they're going to have just opportunity after opportunity to make guys and kind of make get make guys miss and just be an opportunity to get those first downs. Exactly. Well, and then you and you, then you throw in another year of development for Marcus Knight. Um, it, yeah. it, it's it's going to be hard for opposing defenses to stop. You know, mm-hmm. going back to the attitude wise, you know, there, there's kind of two different kind of old like an old school like where he, hey the quarterback has to be boisterous. Yeah. He's got to be you know the leader like yeah. or you know I, I'm in the particular realm of thinking that it doesn't matter if he's the leader or not mm-hmm. as long as he is consistent with his demeanor with his play you can have another guy as long as it's on the field because i really think that the leaders and the captains you've got to have a captain or Mm -hmm. a leader on both sides a leader on the offense and a leader on the defense that is boisterous doesn't always necessarily have to be the qb but Mm -hmm. as long as they have that person on the field where yeah hey you've got to do this and and they're boisterous. It doesn't necessarily have to be the QB, but I really do think it has to be. It can't be a captain that's on the sideline. Yep. It can't be um, on special teams. Like you yep. want those guys. You want a guy maybe on there, but you've got to have a captain on the defense and the offensive side. And it doesn't have to be a boisterous. I really think that you can lead by example mm-hmm. and not lead by hey, I'm going to yell and I'm going to put my voice out there and we're going to do this. I, that's just my my thought process. I don't know where you're at with that. I think at a certain point you need to, like you said, you can, I think you're absolutely right. You can definitely lead by example, but I think during the season you need to have a little bit of a voice, you okay. know, looking back at it, you know, or I remember there were certain times where Sai would call the huddle, you know, mm-hmm. and he'd have to scream when it was the first team, you know, kind of guys to come up at first, he would just say kind of huddle up, you know, and I remember one day, you know, he kind of got chewed out because he was just like, you're not, that's not enough, you yeah. know? You 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 gotta huddle these guys up like you know your life depended on it, you know. 
and scream at the top of your lungs for everybody to get the hell over here because we have a job to do. Let's get yeah. serious about this, you yeah. know? And so because of that, I think there's a place for that voice, you yeah, know? Definitely. And I think Dalton, you know, he, he kind of led that voice a lot of the time because he had no problem saying, all right, guys, come on. All right, guys, yeah. let's go. Huddle up. You know, get information. Get the huddle straight. Make yeah. sure it looks clean. You know, those small things outside of the actual in-game, actually actually lining up, saying, hey, okay, come on, let's go, let's go. Because I think providing that voice, when it came down to it, when it was on the field, we were already ready to be yelled at. We were already ready for, you know, those tougher calls, for those crisp transitions, for the for the, for the the play call to change at any given notice, because that's what we spent so much time doing. And through that, I think there has to be a little bit of micromanagement from the actual players. I think the coaches really kind of done and on. This is important. And the players taking upon themselves to, for everybody to get part, kind of involved in the movement and say, okay, let's go. Everybody yeah. get bottled up. Take this seriously, you know? And yeah, so definitely. that's where I think in the offseason, 100% example goes a long way. But I think in the season, I think you need a little bit of, of a little bit of a voice, you know, in order to kind of put yourself in that position to kind of really be a leader. And I think that's one of the things I've been fortunate. I've been really lucky. I just kind of finished reading this book by Jocko. I think his name Jocko Wheelings. I think I'm saying his name wrong, right? Um, uh, and it's literally about leadership, you know, and he talks about one of the things that he's just been extremely fortunate to be around some really awesome leadership. And I say the same thing for my story. You know, I've been around some really strong leaders that are really different in their leadership styles and leadership tactics, and they all work well for certain situations. And I think it's, I, I've just been really fortunate to be around those type of guys. So I think during the season, we're going to need kind of a voice to step up and say, cuddle up. Yeah. Well, and this is a good question. Maybe you can kind of answer it because do you think that um, does Coach Houck, you know, and I know they go into leadership and stuff like that, but does he have a kind of like leadership group where he goes into leadership styles and leadership, you know, qualities? Do they have like a leadership like council in the? That's in a the great football? question. I don't I don't necessarily know the answer to that. All I know is there was an expectation for us to step up as seniors. You know, okay. to and I, and I think uh, that's really kind of a given at yeah. every single kind of place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I mean, and I, when I say place, I mean at every university, every football program. But he made it known. He made it known in our senior meetings that hey, you know what? This is extremely important. We need to really focus in, and I need you guys. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things that I loved most that he was so transparent. He said, "Hey, we're in this together." Mm-hmm. You know. I'm working with you guys just as much as you guys are working with me. And one, it developed a little bit of that mutual respect to know, hey, we're working together. Two, it developed kind of those expectations to say, hey, we all need to kind of step up and do our role in the different positions. You know, whether it be in the quarterbacks, we need somebody to kind of take charge. Offensive line room, we need somebody to take charge. You know, quarterback room, same kind of thing. You know, so the expectations were laid out throughout the program. And I think because of that, you know, there's certain, I mean, you got to be able to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Exactly. And so I would like to assume, and I know there's, there's like coaches clinics that, you know, coaches take advantage of on a yearly basis. And there could be, you know, certain, certain places in there that talk about leadership styles. One of the, one of the awesome things we did for the university was just, we, we get involved with so many different, you know, nonprofit or organizations or just, you know, places that need donations and we take advantage of their services and we come learn about, you know, different things where somebody needs plasma donated, maybe somebody needs blood donated, you know, we sign up to be those people just because we care about it so much, you know, we yeah. want to be somebody that helps out in the community. And I think that was some of the coolest things. And so because of that, 
there's leadership involved in that. So I think they they learn a little bit from it, too, and they come give them seminars to us. And so I think the coaches do stuff like that as well all year long. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, let's get into that group with uh, that surrounded that quarterback. Let's get into that running back group because, yeah. you know, getting into that quarterback group where there's, you know, there's five or six, you know, this running back group, it's it's pretty loaded as well. Um, so, you know, man. yeah, you know, you've got, you know, Marcus Knight coming back from an all an all American type season, mm-hmm. having, you know, 23 rushing touchdowns last year and over a thousand yards for the season. He's a junior coming in, coming back from, from what I've heard, he's added 20 pounds of muscle, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. You know, you have Ryan Arton, Arnson uh, is a senior walk-on from Carroll, uh, I did think he got some praise from Hauk this summer um, and in the fall. Uh, then you have Nick Osmo, uh, a sophomore. You know, he was the second leading rusher last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of u- they, they use him off and on. I think he had a 321 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Yep. Um, you have Drew Turner. Um, he was used sometimes in running back, but also special teams. Yep. Um, Elias, oh, actually, he's not. I didn't find him on the roster, but Xavier Harris, freshman. Yeah, uh, seems to be the, the waters. Yeah. Well, I didn't find him. I, I thought he was still on the roster. I'm and sure I, went, I went on the roster and his name's not on there. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, so I, I, think, I think he's still around. I don't know what that okay. is. That might just be just a mistake. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I, th- I have him down as a, 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 you know, on here, but I went and checked and I was like, wait a minute. He's not even on the That's roster. Weird. That's weird. So, um, Xavier Harris, uh, freshman, three-star, um, running back out of, I believe, California. Um, had 3,600 yards rushing it. Um, 36? Jeez 36 up. for his career. Um, so, you know, then you have Kevin Armstead, a walk-on uh, from Mission Hills, California. Yep. And then, you know, you've got another one coming in um, this summer, uh, Coulter Janicaro, uh from mm-hmm. Missoula. He'll be a freshman um, this co- this coming fall. So yeah. um, you've got a a running back group that's kind of diversified. I think yep. each one does a certain role, and I think each one can step up if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you Marcus Knight's going to be the guy that you go to. Mm-hmm. You know, you're developing Nick Osmo um, to be. You know, he's. I, I really think Nick Osmo is like kind of that ground and pound kind of style. He's a tank. He's a oh tank. God. Yeah, where yeah. where you know you have Marcus where he's fast, he's quick, um, and then you have Nick Osmo where he's gonna punch it, he's gonna go through yeah. the line. Um, yeah. But man, if Marcus is adding twenty pounds, man, you've got ground and pound both styles. It it's it, it's a group that is diversified that has a lot of yeah. you know, you've got a junior, a senior, and the rest is sophomores and freshmen. Yeah. Um, so just kind of like the QB, there's yeah. depth there as well. Um, I really, lo- I really like this group. I really think that this group is kind of not being talked about. I think you've got mm-hmm. your QB, you've got you know your your wide receivers that are being talked about. I really don't think Marcus Knight is getting the talk that I think he deserves from the last year that no, he, he is though. That's well, how he is. I'm fortunate enough that I have a relationship with Marcus, and that's exactly the type of person he is. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of those guys that's really a natural at most things 
You know, I remember my buddies were telling me that they take him out to the, like the, the golfing range or something like that. He just think, think bombers and bombers. And it was like, yeah, I've never played golf before, you know, throwing <laughs> up weight in the weight room like it's nothing. You know, usually when guys go heavy, you know, they make faces, they react, they're sweating, they're spitting, they're screaming, you know, and this guy's just up and down. Straight yep. face, up and down, straight face. And that just, I think that whole kind of what you just said right now, not talked about enough, is just something that he embodies. He okay. doesn't like being talked about, I think. I think he's just one of those guys that just goes out and plays it because he's so passionate about it and expects yeah. nothing from it. You know, because I think he knows that, hey, you know what? I mean, this is super cool to be playing. I'm super humbled by it. I'm going to take it and just run with it and enjoy it. He, I think he's one of those guys that, really knows how to sit back and just enjoy the moment for what it is and go out there, have fun with it. And he, he prepares like a champ, you know, he's always, oh, yeah. eating. he's always preparing. He's always working out. He's always active, you know? And I think that just goes to show the type of person that he is, you know, where that falls into leadership. It's a different style than I, maybe some of the, a lot of those other guys are used to, cause he's not very vocal. He's just yeah. kind of, Hey, I'm going to show up to work, but that's a leadership role in a sense. How successful mm-hmm. he is, is, a reason why he's a leader, you know? And I think he, I think a lot of those guys see it, you know, Arnie, he's been around for a long time. He's, he's seen some, you know, some football as well. Now he's going to get an opportunity to play a little bit, kind of that ground and pound Nick Osmo too is a tank. I was surprised when he came in, some of the hits that he was given and some of the hits that he was taking and he would just get up and pop up. Like it was nothing like next play. Let's go. You know, there's just some of those guys there. There's that depth. There's, there's kind of that talent. There's, you know, that opportunity, that perspective, there's, you know, there's everything that you kind of want out of that diverse, that diverse group. The only yep. thing I was, I mean, I was even talking to you, this just kind of a random note, but yeah. just some of the hits those guys take, you know, but playing on the offensive line, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to deal with a lot of blitzing corners, you know, yep. or, or, or blitzing linebackers. A lot of times they'll come up to the line and they'll pressure you and you'll be able to kind of tell like, okay, I kind of know what this is. I know what kind of stunt they're going to run. I know kind of, you know, what they're looking to do, at least a general sense. And so when a guy does come from depth from five, 10 yards, you know, that's so much harder to block and slow down than a guy that's two inches away from me you oh, know, yeah. as, a, as a defensive lineman. And I think about them having to block some of those guys, like you said, everybody's built differently. Some of them mm-hmm. are grounded, points, some of them are shifty, some of them are small, some of them are humongous, yeah. you know? Imagine taking on a guy from depth like that. You know, yeah, I can't imagine that over like, and over and over. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. First of all, the toll on the body. Oh, and yeah. Having to run through grown men, you know, six, five, 200 and something pounds, 300 and something pounds and just get your face smashed in all day. You know? Yeah. Well, so it really is an interesting position because I think they take on a lot more. I think consistently throughout the game, the offensive line might take more kind of you know, kind of pain and they're a little bit more pain. But I yeah. think the, the whole premise of it, man, they they take some shots that could really put some people out, you know? Well, I can't imagine taking, you know, a, you know think about a cornerback coming from the end. You know, he's got, what, 10 yards? 10, 10 yards to, to, yeah. to, to run. And then yeah. you're trying to, like, you're not moving. You're yeah, going to move over and you'll you'll try to block him. Yeah. But I think about some linebacker. Oh, my yeah. God. Think about some of those guys. Some of those guys – you know, on the defensive end position, imagine just getting a full head start kind of off a blitz oh. package. He weighs 240 pounds. He runs a four, let's just say four or five, because I don't know yeah. why everybody this year's combines and their pro days, they've been having some crazy numbers. I've been I've been seeing really? guys that weigh 250 run. I think I saw someone that ran like a four, four or nine or something like that at Whoa. 250 or 200. Yeah, I see a lot of offensive line that are running four eights and five ones and you know five o's and i'm like man 
the athleticism on those guys. Imagine a guy getting full steam, 10 yards oh. straight towards your body, and you had to take it. And kind of what I was talking to you offline, can you imagine being the quarterback, you know, that yeah. for some reason, uh, you know, an assignment was missed, and that guy just runs straight onto you on the blind side, knocking the air out. One of the – I think it was Mississippi State my sophomore year, my freshman year, was not having a good day. Was started off, you know, kind of the all the series, just a little bit rougher than I'd like it to be. And so I remember one day there was a blitz that came up from a linebacker that was like five deep. I knew he was my guy. I saw him, but for whatever reason, like I had a brain fart and I went a different direction, you know. Oh, and no. because of that, Brady Gustafson took a shot that oh. took him about 15 seconds to get up. And I remember oh, I was no. like, holy crap. I remember <laughs> get up, Brady. Get up, Brady. Get I, up. I was like, please get up. Please get up. I am going to be I'm like, I'm ready for a yelling. A oh, yelling. yeah. You know, because I knew. And it was one of those hits that I heard everyone in the stadium go. Ooh. Oh. And I was like, oh. This is my fault. And there was no way for me to be like, well, be, I didn't see, you know, it's like everybody saw me look at him. And for whatever reason, like, I, I don't know if I just had a hiccup, a brain hiccup. And I looked the other way and I missed him. He, and Brady got laid out. And I was sitting there like, dang, I'm so sorry, Brady. For, for about a year, I apologized. I was like, hey, Brady, I'll be there. Hey, Brady, I'm so sorry. I am like, here. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's always such a cool guy. He was like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's like, you're fine. It happens. I'm just glad no one got hurt, you know? Oh, but, man. I see some hits sometimes. I mean, you think about that hit that Dante gave that Portland State quarterback, you know, last year. Oh, Man, yeah. You don't like that. How can you train for that? How do you yeah. train for those hits? You don't get hit. You're not a boxer. You're, you're not sitting there getting punched in the stomach all day or doing ab exercise and the neck kind of neck rolls in order oh, to yeah. kind of take those hits, you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Uh, I think it was Joe Theismann, the hit that he yeah. took off of uh, what's-his-face, uh, linebacker out of New York big like a hall of famer yeah. Can't, yeah. i can't think of his name and it is career imagine yeah. imagine yeah. the nfl some of those those guys yeah. take good for you Gosh. guys good for you guys it's kind of funny yeah. I was, it was just a random story that i was telling uh adam right before the show started is that um when i did think i i was going to pursue a career in the nfl i remember when i was when when i first got here to school uh my quarterback's name was brady too or we called him brady um, in my first year coming to, you know, the university, my quarterback's name was Brady. Um, and obviously I knew that was going to last forever, but at <laughs> one point I was like, you know how cool it would be to be able to say, yeah, I, you know, Brady is all throughout my career, you know, potentially Tom Brady at the NFL level, man. I was like, man, it was just a fun little story that I always kind of held on to. I was like, man, I hope I get that third piece, you know, there you go. Yeah, hey, maybe we could, maybe cool. Tom might listen to this, and maybe we can get you get you to play some pickup football. Well, who knows? Who knows? Fulfill that dream, huh? Fulfill do, that gap. Do the check off that list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be sweet, dude. Shout out Tom Brady, the goat. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, who do you think? You know, Osmo's probably the the one that's going to back up Marcus Knight since he's got like the, the combination. Experience. It reminds um, me of the combination when we had uh, John Wynn and Jeremy okay. Calhoun. Yeah, uh, so John Wynn was for he was really great about driving the ball, and they trusted Jeremy Calhoun to really kind of punch it in those last ten yards. You know, yeah. even though it could be up for debate that maybe John Ben was John Wynn was better was a better closer just because he was a bigger body, but mm -hmm. not necessarily. Obviously, Jeremy produced extremely well. I think he was All Conference 
you know, that year and potentially first team, you know, the following year before he ended up leaving the program. So he had the potential, you know, that was crazy too. But I just think there was such an interesting kind of dynamic to be able to drive the ball down the field. And then I just kind of start thinking about like, you know, from the running back position, I, I wouldn't know how I felt if, you know, I was driving it 98 yards and a different guy was punching it in. Oh, for the yeah, that, that would piss me off. So that's the thing. That's that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, yeah, it's a fun, it's a good concept because it's a team. And obviously they're going to do whatever's the best for the team. Yeah. You know, but a little bit selfishly from the player side, I, I kind of think about my position, you know, being able – because that's that was the fun part. Scoring was the fun part. Oh, yeah. Know? I yeah. can't imagine myself driving at those 98 yards, huffing and puffing, out of breath, you know, yep. two yards away, knitting gritty time, you know, kind of yep. kind of pucker up, like get ready. And, and not getting taken out and saying, hey, you know what, we're going to have a different offensive line play left guard and make the oh. pull, you know, score that touchdown. Yeah. So I was like, Dang, okay. So I don't know how I feel, man, but I think I think they're a great combination. I, I, I truly don't think Marcus cares about that. I really think he's just like, man, I'm just happy to be out here. Fun fact about Marcus, I don't know if a lot of people know this about him, but for whatever reason, I mean, he transferred from a JUCO. Um, yeah. I think, he went yep. to, he, I think he went to Citrus as a JUCO. I okay. Citrus and then Citrus is literally a city over from where I'm from. So I'm from Dorada, California. Citrus is kind of city over. And okay. for whatever reason, you talk to Marcus, for the most part, he knows where majority JUCO players go on to play at the next level. You know, you'll mention one guy and he'll be like, Well, you know what's funny about him? Well, he, he plays at LSU now, you know. And he he's really good about kind of keeping a track on these players. I don't know why. So if you guys want to bug him. <laughs> Start asking him questions. Where did this player play at? You know, where's he at? Where's he doing now? I think he kind of enjoys that stuff. Little, uh, um, yeah, little quiz quiz action going down for him. Action. Yep, yep, so, yep. Well, but, I think that kind of helps in in his probably aspect of learning plays, learning types of formations. Yep. Just having that that memory as well yep. is something that's really vital. Um, yep. So, um, yeah, I totally think, you know, you got Nick Osmo that's probably going to back him up. You know, it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, the, the, with their running backs, you're probably going to see some of these guys play special teams. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they develop some of these younger guys yep. and, and see, see how they do that. Um, but, yeah, and, and also to see, you know, if you, if you guys, if you have a sleeper, which one of these guys is going oh, make, make, to maybe make some uh, – yeah, yeah a sleeper. A sleeper guy that, you know what I'm curious about for the listeners out there? Who do you think is going to be on the up and coming? Who do you think is going to kind of blow out? Well, obviously, that 2014, 2015 year, it was Dante Olson. You know, oh, yeah. He, oh, he, yeah. He came out, showed out. Do you guys have any predictions? It could be, be on the offense side, on the defense side, that's going to say, hey, you know what? This guy's going to blow up just wait. I'm just kind of curious yeah. to see what people think. Well, and who would you think that was last year? Because I, I would think it'd probably be Jace Lewis. Last year, yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he he didn't have you know like the the he wasn't the guy that that was well, well was known, but he had he had the the, the stats. Yeah. He had over a hundred you know tackles. He was yeah. the guy that you know was pr pretty much said to be the next guy. I think yeah. that would be probably the guy that you're not going to hear from, but like would be the that sleeper that incoming guy. Uh, as Jace this year, you think Jace will be yeah. the sleeper again this year? Well, you know, no, I think that, that it was for last year. Oh, it was for last year for sure. Yeah, you know, just thinking about, I think we've always had some 
awesome, awesome linebackers. You know, thinking before Dante, you know, it was kind of strong. It was Josh Buss. You know, before that, it was, you know, my Kose, uh, Kendrick, you know, Manakran. You know, we've had some very, very solid uh, linebacker play. Even going back to that before that, you know, like yeah. thinking about Brock Coyle, Jordan Tripp, you know, we've had some yep. studs, you know. Oh, yeah. But being oh, yeah. an opportunity, you know, he, while, you know, all the attention was kind of on Josh Buss, I think offenses were really planning and saying, okay, Josh Buss, we need to kind of watch out for him, yeah. you know. So because of that, that gave Dante an opportunity to really step into that platform, into the light, and be as successful as he was. Obviously, yeah. once he took over that role, who kind of who kind of was able to kind of build, you know, kind of – that repertoire, that reputation of just being such a crazy, crazy good player, Jace Lewis. You know, so now I'm interested to see if offenses are going to plan around him and who, which one of the linebackers are going to be able to kind of step up and maybe be that that light. You know, well maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll put that on our Twitter. Uh, we'll put it on Twitter, yeah. We'll Twitter and see, see what you guys have. I, I totally have some for when we get to the defensive side of the ball. I have a, a, a guy that I think is going to break out this next year, yeah. uh, this next fall. Um, and so I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that in my pocket till we get there. But yeah, there you go. Well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, listeners out there, uh, we are going to be going into um, the spring preview like we have the last couple of episodes. We're going to keep on doing this. We're going to get into, I believe, what did we say a lot? That we are going well, next into. week. I think it'll be we're, we're going to be talking about the corners and the receivers. Corners and re- receivers. Yeah. So we'll go mm-hmm. into that uh, this next coming week. Uh, make sure if you have questions, if you have cons- you know things you want to let us know, uh, hit us up on Twitter, face Facebook page, and Instagram at Fight on Montana. We want to hear from you. This is also if you're listening on Facebook or any of those, you can actually comment to us right now via live. If you mm-hmm. see something that we have, or you, if you disagree with us, the, the, you're able to send a comment to us. We'll read it up on um, our live stream here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we want you to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us out tremendously on all the platforms, Please podcasting do, yeah. platforms. It makes us, the more rates we have, more reviews, it gets us out there a little bit more. They show us a little bit more. So mm-hmm. yeah, telling your friend about us, rate review subscribe to us check out our youtube channel as well subscribe there as well and you know tell a friend we want to hear from you this is your show too and uh we're gonna have some great things coming up in the future and angel we have football next week dude oh man we have football that's yeah i might start running around my house just like just like screaming dude Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be all decked out. I'm excited. If you guys see me at the at the tailgating uh, tailgating parties, come say what's up. Let's get a drink. Angel, what kind of, what type of beer are you gonna drink next week? You know what, man? I don't even know. Just passing something. Whatever's available. Closest whatever's, whatever's cold. Whatever's cold, whatever's closest. Let's just keep it at that. Go great. There, you know? there we go. Hey yeah. guys, that's gonna that's gonna uh take us to the end of our show. Mm-hmm. Uh thank you for listening, and we will check you guys out next week. Peace.